Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. If you open up uh, to Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. title of today's message is Absolute Surrender. Absolute Surrender. And I was thinking about that. You ever think about, have you ever absolutely surrendered to anything? Have you ever absolutely surrendered to anything? And I don't think I have. I think there's always something I'm holding on to. And I was saying, well, will I ever absolutely surrender to anything? And I said, probably right at the moment, if I know that I'm going to die and pass from this life to the next, I know at that maybe the last few seconds, if I'm on my deathbed, that that might be the time I finally says, well, you know what? I have no more control. I don't have any more control over what's going to happen. Lord, my last breath is coming. And now we're going to see. And now we're going to really know. The truth of everything that we've read or been taught all the years that we've been on this earth. Some of you middle-aged and older people know this song. Uh, younger people, probably not, although maybe you've heard it a couple times here. It says, all to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all, I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Humbly at his feet I bow. Worldly pleasures, all forsaken, take me, Jesus, take me now. All to Jesus, I surrender. Make me, Savior, holy thine. Let me feel the Holy Spirit. Truly know that thou art mine. All to Jesus, I surrender. Lord, I give myself to thee. Fill me with thy love and power. Let thy blessing fall on me. All to Jesus I surrender. Now I feel the sacred flame. Oh, the joy of full salvation. Glory, glory to his name. I'm amazed at people who write poems and songs. Like you, you read those words or sing those words or like the words we sang this morning. They're deep and heavy if you really think about what's really going on in those songs. And sometimes we grasp a little bit of that song. But for the totality of the song to really mean something to our hearts, what does that take? How does that happen? How do we really get to that point that everything that we're singing means something deep in our heart and our spirit? In Philippians 2.13, it says, It is God 
that worketh in us, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. That's awesome. Imagine if you put your name in place of God and it said, it is Vinny that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Put your name in there. Imagine that. But how many of us live like that? We live as if our name is in the place of God. Yet in this beautiful verse that Paul wrote to a dear bunch of Christians in Philippi, he said, it is God that worketh in us, in you and in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The Bible says that as we draw closer to God, he promises to draw closer to us. So there's a willful obedience on our part saying, hey, Lord, I want to draw closer to you. And then God does his part. Because you requested that. That's a desire that you have. Got to ask a question. Because we all come from different backgrounds in here. And I think it's a very important question to ask, regardless of our ages, because it's something that has formed us to be the people we are today. Who forms your image of God? Who forms it? Who contributed for, for you and I to have our image of who God is? what he's like. If it's anyone but God, it cannot be complete and it may be warped. How many of us maybe our first idea about God came from maybe our dad? And if he was a great dad, awesome, but wonder if he was a mediocre dad or a bad dad or an absent dad? Do we carry that over into our living and, and our growing and our maturing our image of God to an earthly father? I think a lot of people have done that. I think people still do that. And I think we as people who are growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus have to say, okay, where does my image from God come from? It should come from his word, from how he reveals himself through his word and through his Holy Spirit in you if you are a believer. I think we all know this, but I think we take it for granted. God wants to communicate with you and I through his Holy Spirit. I don't have a clue on life. I have no clue. I have no purpose or direction outside of what Almighty God has revealed to me. I'm helpless. Didn't always know that. Haven't always been in that state of mind of knowing what I just shared with you, but it is true. I cannot control 
my breath, my heartbeat. I can't control how long I'm going to be on this earth. As it is with all of you. So I need, and we found out by God's grace and mercy, that he wants to communicate with you through his word and through his precious Holy Spirit. Now just think of that. Think about the significance of that statement. That by yourself, you're helpless, you're not whole, you're clueless, you're poor and wretched, you're lost. But with God, and knowing Him, and getting to know Him every day, He puts you in that place of significance and purpose and direction and hope. God is willing to work His absolute surrender in your life. You and I are capable of absolutely surrendering anything. Remember what I said? Think about that, if it's a true statement or not. Have you absolutely surrendered everything in your life to Him? I'm telling you, as one of the pastors here, I haven't. It's still a daily struggle, whether that is mental things, physical things, social things, whatever it is. It's not like totally surrendered to the Lord. There's still a part of me in it there's still a part of my flesh that craves something or wants it. But yet our Lord says to us, I want you to be absolutely surrendered to me. But the good news is this. If you're a believer, that's the best news. The next thing, it's God who's working in you to bring about his will and his good pleasure. That is a burden that is off of me and hopefully is off of you. That it's not you who has to do it. But it is your willingness to give it to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I want to be in that place of absolute surrender that you want me to be in. And then he starts going with it. He brings it about in your life. If we could put up Mark 9, guys. Before I read it, this is the situation in the scriptures where there was a demon controlling um, this man's son. And it was happening all his life. And the man came to Jesus. And, and think about this now. Think about that term, absolute surrender. And what the dad was willing to do to try to free his son. And finding all those years, he was incapable of doing anything to free his son from this demon. What would you have done, dads? to free your son? How, what extent would you go to free your son of this terrible thing where you see your son lying on the floor or running into the walls or hitting himself with rocks? What would you do to relieve him 
of that terrible situation. Well, this man in the scriptures, he knew he was incapable. So he went to Jesus. And this is where we see verses 23 and 24. And Jesus said to this guy, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. And a great line comes back that I think we all can associate with. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Take me to that place that I can't get to by myself. Give me that place that I can go that you want me to go because I can't do it, Lord. I'm surrendering it all to you because you've got to bring me to that next spot. I've hit a wall here. I can't go anymore. It's an, I'm incapable of going any further, Lord. I need you. Was he desperate? Did he see the result of his incapability? Yes, he saw it in his son every day. In Hebrews 9.14, Hebrews 9.14, this is where it says that through the eternal spirit, God, Jesus offered himself a sacrifice unto God. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was fully God and fully man, but I want to center in on the man part for a second. And when I say the man part, it's not just for the guys, ladies, it's for the human race, just the humans in general. Remember one of the things that Jesus said in the Garden to his Father, he goes, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me the cup of suffering that he was going to drink. He said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. But then he said what you and I should always say at the end of our prayers. But not my will, but yours be done. We're limited. If we know we're limited and we're incapable of absolute surrender, we need God's help to that next spot, to that next situation. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. You know what's best. I only know with my finite mind what I'm seeing, what I'm thinking, how I, I think I would like it to turn out. But you know, and I want to line up with your will, Lord. Work it out in me. God, in the garden with his son, the eternal spirit that was available, that was there, the, the Trinity. That same Holy Spirit, if you're a believer here tonight or today, is in you. That same eternal spirit is in you. And if you're not a believer, that same eternal spirit that has led millions to Christ over the centuries is leading you to that same decision-making process that many of us have made. And you young people who are Christians, it isn't over. It's not over. God surrounds us every day with little infants, little babies, 
five and six year olds, nine and 10 years old, 11 and 12, 13 and 14, 20 and 25, 30 and 35, 40, 45, 70 and 75. I see that as an object lesson of our spiritual state. We're all different ages spiritually in the Lord. But we never stop growing and maturing in Jesus Christ. So, you might be here 40 and 50 years old or older, and you might have a spirit that's two and three years old. You might be in your infant stages, and that's okay. But you still shouldn't be in your infant stages if you've been a believer in Jesus for, let's say, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. You should have spiritual growth going on. And I believe in my walk with the Lord, it comes to that surrender. How much are you willing to surrender to grow in maturity in Jesus Christ? And that goes for all of you that can understand what I'm saying right now. The years that have fallen on that don't understand, okay, I pray right now that God helps you to understand because he has to bring that about. In Hebrews chapter 9, Verses 13 to 15. Hebrews 9, 13 to 15. It says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the puring of the flesh. Now you might say, what the heck is, where did he go on that one? The blood of bulls and goats in the Old Testament times, okay, they would sacrifice the animals because without the shedding of blood, there's no remissions of sins. And then the ashes of the heifer, they, a heifer is an animal, okay, that they would kill and then they would burn it. They would take the ashes and they would put it in the labor and it would, uh, they would mix it up in the water and they would use that to ceremonially clean the priest. Okay, so it was all tied into purification sanctification, setting apart the priest for his purpose towards the people. In verse 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? I've got a question. How many of us are still living with that dead conscience? We're still living in the past instead of the future or preparing for the future and living in the present. Past is gone. Nothing we can do about it. We're bitter or we're better as a result of past, the past. We're bitter or better. And the only difference between bitter and better is the letter I. It's all about your choice to stay there, stuck in the mud, or to get out in the power of the Spirit who's cleansing you every day to move forward to where He wants you to be. Verse 15. And for this reason, He is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the internal inheritance. See, you and I are condemned and dead in our trespasses and sins, because as the book of Romans says, we've all sinned and fall short of God's glory. But because of our loving Father, He came down and He changed the course of history 
by dying on a cross. And the blood that he shed was the blood of God shed for your sins and my sins, for our redemption. He bought back under the old covenant. The law was sin and death. And he gives us eternal life. So the moment I go like this, and my heart stops and my lungs stop moving, and I just go like this, I'm in the presence of the Lord. In a blink of an eye, I'm there because of what he's done. He put me in that position. I did not. I put myself in the position of eternal damnation and death and hell and away from Jesus forever. He changed the course of my history and your history. He did it. We were incapable of doing it. In Galatians 2.20, in, in a few minutes, we're going to have a, a skit, and I'll lay that out in a second with the, some of the youth. But think of this right now, Galatians 2.20. You and I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Great verse. But how much of that verse is yours? How much of that verse is mine? Parts of it? But the totality of the verse applies to you and me. We've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you and I that are living, but it's Jesus Christ who's living in us to bring about his good pleasure. Question, what are we, you and I, still holding on to that was supposed to be crucified with us? What is it? George Mueller, who's a, um, again, most of the, maybe the middle and older age people know who jo George Mueller was. He was a man who lives into his 90s. He was sold out for Christ. And he was asked, what did he believe that the secret of happiness was? And of all the blessings which God had given him, he said there were two reasons. He said the one was that he had been enabled by grace to maintain a good conscience before God day by day. The other was that he was a lover of God's word. Ah, yes, a good conscience is complete obedience to God day by day and fellowship with God every day in his word and prayer. That is a life of absolute surrender. You and I are incapable of getting to that point. It's impossible by ourselves. But not with Jesus Christ. He is the God of the impossible. He works miracles all the time. He's a miracle-working God. How do we know? Look outside. Look at his creation. I'm looking at his miracles right here. You're not an accident. 
You're special in God's eyes. He knows every one of your names. He knows every place you've been, every thought you've had, good or bad. And in spite of all that, he loves you like nobody can love you. This particular thing I'm going to read right now is from a book by Andrew Murray that I recommend. It's called Absolute Surrender. It's a little paperback, and it just uh, gives you some things to think about and to hide in your heart. Give up yourselves absolutely to the will of God. You know something of that will. You know something of his will. I know something of his will. Not enough, far from all of it, but say absolutely to the Lord God, by thy grace, I desire to do thy will in everything, every moment of every day. Say to God, Lord God, not a word upon my tongue, but for your glory. Not a movement of my temper, but for your glory. Not an affection of love or hate in my heart, but for your glory. And according to thy blessed will, Someone says, do you think that possible? I ask, what has God promised you? And what can God do to fill a vessel absolutely surrendered to him? Oh, God wants to bless you in a way beyond what you expect. From the beginning, ear hath not heard, neither has eye seen what God hath prepared for them that wait for him. And that's 1 Corinthians 2.9. God has prepared for you and me while we're still on this earth. We're going to be blown away when we're in heaven. But while we're still on this earth, he has prepared for you and me things that we don't even fathom, we don't even understand. But yet some of you know that if you surrendered even portions of your life to God, some of the benefits of just doing that. You've already lived that. You know that. You have a testimony. You have a testimony of what God has done in your life. That's why most of you are here today. You want to continue to grow and walk in the Lord. And the Bible says, don't stop fellowshipping together. Don't start hanging out. We're like-minded believers. Maybe at all different degrees in our walk with the Lord, but we're all headed in the same direction. And God is building into each of us more of himself. Can you say... Today, can I say today? Do I want to say today? I give myself absolutely to you, God. To your will to do only what you want. Do I want to say that? Do you want to say that? Is that a desire of your heart? Hopefully we all can say, yeah, Lord. And know at the same time we're incapable of doing that. It would take a miracle work in God to bring that about in each of our hearts. In Luke 14, 33, it says, So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. And you might think, well, that doesn't mean I have to give my home away, my car away, my money away. No. No, it doesn't mean any of that simply means all that God has blessed you with, 
you give to him to use according to what he shows you to do. And for each of us, that could be different things if we had the same thing. You are fearfully and you're wonderfully made. God has built into you so many things of his own nature and he wants to bring that out in you. He knows where the finish line is. He knows the finished product that you and I have no clue when we look at each other. Because we, we see our own bias when we look at each other. We go by first look impressions and all that nonsense, which is garbage. God looks at you and sees tremendous beauty and wonder and his glory and his love. So much so that he said, I'm going down to die for those suckers. That's my paraphrase. <laughs> I'm going down to die for them because I love them. I know the eternity's coming and I want them to be with me forever. Then you think of Philippians 1.23, which we opened up with. giving ourselves absolutely to God to let him work in me to will and to do of his good pleasure as he promised to do. Can we come to that point, everybody? Can we do that? That's his will for you and I. So we've been in prayer for weeks. We're thinking, okay, Lord, drive it home. Get it to everybody from the youngest to the oldest. And so much in Scripture is so awesome. How many times he uses young people, whether it be Mary, his mom, whether it be David or Josiah, or any of those young bucks and females in the Bible. He used that energy. He used that innocence. He used that freshness and newness. So we have a skit for you now. But think of the term absolute surrender. Because all this is just an exercise in semantics if God is not in it. If his Holy Spirit isn't present. It's just a waste of time for all of us. So, as God speaks to your heart, react according to his will not according to your will or your flesh. Now just closing, if God just said something to you, maybe there's something that you're holding on to, we just want to pray for you. You don't have to come up here, but I am going to ask you to just stand and spiritually just nail it to the cross. Whatever it is, I have no clue. Okay, so if that applies to you, please just stand and we're just going to pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. 
On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages, in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.